Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ten Thousand Roads to Financial Independence. And today I have Esteban Andrade with me. Esteban is、um, a founder of Hessel、uh, Media, a leading generation,、uh, a lead generation agency that is committed to provide more leads and closing to real estate investors, wholesalers, and top producing real estate agents. Esteban comes from a background in engineer. Uh, graduated from Carleton University and certified in project management. He has years of experience as a project engineer and program manager, leading teams to design, product engineer, and brand development engineer in the automotive、uh, world. He started his advertising and marketing career right out of college, when he moved to Detroit and fell in love with real estate. He learned firsthand about wholesaling real estate by helping one of the biggest foreign real estate investors in the city, sending him hundreds of opportunities in five months. This led to have a profit margin of over, approximately over 22x. This helped him generate about 650k of profit for his first REI client, who specifically sold、um, properties to foreign buyers in Detroit. Because his services、uh, are so in demand with top wholesaler, he has started a Facebook group called Real Estate Investing and Wholesaling Marketing Conversion Mastery. The group currently has over a thousand five hundred members and is growing rapidly. Esteban currently runs a successful real estate investing marketing agency and has joint venture deals with many of his REI partners all over the USA. Welcome to our show, Esteban. Today, thank you so much, Elisa, for having me here. I'm so excited for you being on your show. That's awesome. So it's always exciting to have、uh, marketers on our team because this is a time where I get ask a whole bunch of my selfish legion questions. <laughs>、um, and、uh, great to have you here, Esteban.、Um, now I understand. So Esteban and I don't know each other before our meeting. So he has created this like really cool automated system where he kind of legioned his way and found my way. So that that was really interesting. So Esteban, we always ask our guests the first question is,、um, you know, looking back into childhood or growing up, what incidents or people do you feel like shaped entrepreneur who you are today? Yeah. So when growing up, I always had this mentality. Of course, where I had to have some sort of degree, and that degree that I had in mind was an engineer degree.、Uh, of course, for me, the engineer was was in my mind. Oh, I'll be the engineer. I'll be that person that will be called the engineer building cars, for example, airplanes,、uh, complex systems, HVAC, whatever that is in engineering. And then、uh, I just really thought myself of having this type of recognition. Uh, through university degree, but、uh, really never really saw what was like above. Let's say just moving forward, let's say five years or or more.、Uh, I, I really never saw ahead of my nose. Call it like that. Like my nose is right here. This is what I、like、was being told. Correct. Yeah, vision, And then、yeah. really, really didn't see that、uh, there is so much more potential when going into the business and entrepreneurship route. So when I was actually finishing my graduation, I was super ready to to just apply on jobs. I had a few internships that I did.、Um, I had a few regular jobs, and then right after the graduation, I decided to move to Toronto, which is the city that gave me the opportunity to to get into to the Amer North American life,、uh, learn the lifestyle, learn the language better. And things like that. I moved back to Toronto from school in Carleton University, and、um, this is where I kind of,、uh, kind of got hit in the face with、uh, the job search. So looking for a job in a mechanical engineering industry in Toronto was really tough for me because Toronto is mostly tech, mostly、uh, bank and financial, mostly. All these high-tech、uh, companies, and if you want to see something for that career, you had to kind of like look outside of that area.、Mm -hmm. And、um, I actually ha had a very rough time looking for a job, and just I found myself kind of—I want to say—useless for、um, a long period of time because I, I was not landing any any job. My interviews would go well in my mind, but then. 
they they wouldn't land right i wouldn't get the job i would i would get lots of interviews but i would i wouldn't get the job and and mm -hmm. my my resume will will never have this type of uh kind of historical data that, that employers would say this guy has experience i'm gonna take him in mm -hmm. everything that i had honestly was my right attitude mm -hmm. i actually started doing lead gen on my job search <laughs> if you actually um search on my excel files i started like compiling and scraping all the jobs that I had in Toronto, uh, potential jobs in Toronto. It was like mm -hmm. 300 and I started wow. cold calling and emailing people. And uh, I started listening to a lot to to just um, real estate stuff from, I, I wanna say, I, was, I started listening a lot to Marco Santorelli. I started listening a lot to Robert Kiyosaki, all podcasts, all, all, all YouTube videos of these guys and really started to spark my interest. But of course, in Toronto, at the time, I, I it was like, you know, in Toronto, it's a, it's a very, very expensive market for me. For me, it was like, okay, I gotta save somehow. I gotta make money to actually invest into real estate. Yeah. I didn't know any other technique or anything. Um, and um, so I started driving Uber. I started driving Uber and I started actually listening to uh, people that would just motivate me to not let you know let my my guard down in terms of uh, there is so much more there and you can just ju you cannot just stop being consistent. The people that really sparked me that type of motivation um, mm -hmm. was people like Gary Vaynerchuk and mm -hmm. uh, the Grand Cardone. So yeah. Grand Cardone at that time was like going hard in his marketing like he was going hard in his youtube he was going hard in his podcast going hard on that and it, it happened to be also related with real estate right okay real estate multifamily real estate investing and i would just listen to him and i would just do while i do uber i will practice talking to people all right oh, that's neat yeah yeah i would talk to I would your customers yeah i would practice talking to people i would i would i would enjoy that those rides because i will start conversations like one thing that he always would uh would say for example grand cordon is that if you want to get into real estate you need to have as many opportunities pass in front of you and see which one is the one that you're going to take yeah. um and because not every opportunity is going to work for you so I had to, I had to really just push into my sales skills, my negotiation skills, just people skills, just talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I did that during Uber, uh, my Uber sessions. I did that for <laughs> eight months. So it's a pretty dark period where you graduate from a college and a Carlton University. And then you basically were kind of going through like, oh, I thought I'm gonna get a job, but yeah. didn't really happen. How mm -hmm. long did that happen? Like that period of time, the, the, the thing that I wanna kind of highlight for our listeners is like not everything is kind of smooth. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I actually got to the city in three days in, I had an interview with General Electric and it was like, for me, it was like amazing. Yeah. Um, I actually, I actually, yeah, I actually was in in a, in a location five minutes walking away from where I was staying. So it was yeah. great. And then I got that denial, like that non-response, nothing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use the savings that I have to purchase a car. Either way, I had to like move around the city. And I'm going to start doing Uber. And, and it happened from, I want to say, from graduation stage, which is about April, yeah. uh, all the way to... Um, I want to say October, I did not get any job and I only relied on my hustle on, mm -hmm. on doing Uber, going to networking events with, with the hopes of getting a job. Um, of course you have to be prepared, your resume, like you have to dress up, you have to do all this type of networking. I was sending out hundreds of emails and just cold calling people until I call call actually got me a job, oh, wow. I, a job that I that was not really related to mechanical engineering. Yeah, but it was really related to uh, more sales and marketing. Okay. It was a technical sales engineer. That's what it was called. Right. Yeah. And that it was a call call that I did to that company. They liked that I call called. They did not have a position open, but yeah because I cold called, I opened up the position. 
because oh, nice. they were like this, there's this hungry guy and there's yeah. this person that just wants to go at it and ask for a job and he's looking for a job they started giving me a job and it was a, mm. door, a door manufacturer in toronto just outside toronto that they needed a technical sales uh engineer all right yeah. so that's how i started my first thing after like long amount of months just hustling and doing it and at the yeah. time I, i was still doing uber you know yeah. what i mean yeah so you're so, still working probably 15 hours a day you know oh, including yes. your nine to five and then yes. uh, drive a little bit more. And, I, I, and the story also behind that is that when i was doing my cold calling I, I got a free internship, non-paid internship for an entire month in, yeah. um, in a heat ventilation and uh, an HVAC company in a very similar role. But my idea was to just get experience and just I cold called the person, uh, asked if there was a position. They said, okay, let's, we have a project, just do an internship. Let's do a quick thing and see if, if it's going to work out. If you open up a position, I said, yeah, let's do it. And I would work, like you said, 15 hours. Uh, I would I would bike in the morning to this place. And then I would make sure I finish up the, the day job, finishes at 5 p.m. And after 5 p.m., I had to go back to the traffic and do yeah. Uber yeah. all over wow. again. Yeah. 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 Wow. Amazing. That's amazing. That's like some hustle that definitely kind of shaped who you are uh, in terms of entrepreneur. Um, and so from that job, the kind of like the daytime job perspective. How did you end up opening up your uh, lead gen, marketing lead gen agency? <laughs> That's so funny because when you start putting your cables in your head and connecting different cables inside your head, that is entrepreneurship-like, you start trying new things and mm -hmm. wanting to try different things to see what it works. Right. Really, um, a lot of people start without a direction and a lot of people start trying a lot of multiple things and that's fine because you're really discovering yourself it was it's with like a discovery moment i tried doing uh amazon fba at first mm -hmm. i actually purchased a a course for amazon fba from a youtuber that was doing really good youtube it did not work for me yeah but then after a few months of trying on that and still holding a job And this is now in Detroit. I, I have now moved to Detroit because with my hustle, I got new job, a new job in Detroit, in the uh -huh. automotive city. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, I got a call from from my friend in um, in Ottawa, Ontario. And he's uh -huh. like, you're doing something very related to what I'm doing. You may utilize your skills better here than in Amazon FBA that it was like, figure out your store and figure out the product and doing the marketing and, and doing this all this hustle for very uh, small profits for each product sold. And right. a lot of people are very successful, but I ended up getting to see the lead gen world by getting an offer on work with me, work with me for free, close some clients, get me uh, just help me find some clients in the gym space industry. Yeah real estate industry um oh. law industry and and there was another industry that they had my my friend started a legion company because yeah, yeah. what he did for a job was legion for another big corporation so he started his own thing and he's like come work and work with me and let's let's actually do things related to lead generation and i was like what the heck is lead generation honestly <laughs> Yeah. What, what I when I was doing lead generation on on job hunting, I didn't know that really what I was what I was doing was lead generation. Like right. I would scrape, I would scrape companies, and I would cold call, and I would try to find a job. Right. It's, it's lead generation, and right. and I was like, what the hell is a lead? Uh, whenever I got this offer, and I was like, okay, cool, this is cool. I want I want to do this, and and he introduced me to Facebook marketing, to like Facebook uh -huh. advertising. Right. And uh, and, you know, you see all these big people in Facebook doing ads, crazy ads, Billie Jean, Dan Henry, the, the same, the same Grant Cardone, all these people. And I was like, okay, so these people are doing all these ads to drive leads for their business. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's what I started doing with this person um, from Ottawa. And I started working with his company for free. For, right. for about 
three four months I, I worked for free and you know just didn't have any income until like i started landing how, how do you how do you live if you had like no income like how you know did you kind of plan for these spurt moments of like the thing is that income? i i do believe that while you're actually building up this moment in, in your entrepreneurship journey you have to have an income you have to have a job you have to have something that really gives you your food on the table unless you are unless you're able to to compress time real quick and whatever you do in in six months you can do it in one month and then you start your company and you scale up real fast mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't have that ability so i i highly suggest that uh while while you're doing this entrepreneurship stuff you have an income you continue having your income because i had i had a job mm -hmm. i had my engineering job that i, I obtained in detroit which allowed me to to be comfortable. Like at the end of the day, I was like, if this thing fails, uh, at, at the end of the day, I have a job. But of course, I had a plan A, and my plan B was still to do my plan A, right? right. So my plan A was I want to get out somehow out of the office, even if I get a good raise, even if I get a good uh, you know change of position, change of role, uh, something. Even if I get even if I get a promotion and and I started hustling with like these little things that started to get passionate into me. Right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, started yeah. to get passionate about that's how I basically started this legion. I saw the opportunity with someone else that was already doing it and yeah, helping yeah. him for free. And um, and I took it. I was like, let's do it. And I, you, you don't know how many times I had to go during lunch hours to do calls or to fix an advertising or to fix a campaign or to try to try to pitch someone on my on my products while I while, while I was at lunch break and after work I would work after the gym all the way into like 12 sometimes I would go insane and go until like 2 a.m things like that yeah but it was just it was just this little sacrifice that I had to do uh that kind of led to the point where I am right now that I would never have imagined I could have done it because I was always having that fear of like, how can I actually make it and have a sustainable life that I, I can actually have an income for next month and the next month. And yeah. I continuously, cause we need money to live and I continuously create this revenue of money consistently yeah. Yeah. and, and not uh, have that risk, like high risk of, having zero income zero clients zero deals right yeah yeah definitely um and then how long would you say so you you joined your friend's company and then you kind of helped him how does that partnership work i'm always like curious on this because you know like a lot of partnerships does not work because a certain agreement people had up in the front and then later on they decided the compensation wasn't fair and that's usually I don't know, like a most percentage, I wouldn't say 90% of the time, like partnership doesn't work. It's always manifested as maybe, it, you know, your, your, your characteristic doesn't match or something, but oftentimes it roots down to the, the equal share and then the profit shares and also personality too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> this is an incredible topic. Uh, I, I mean, he was actually a friend from university uh that always was really not at the best in school like he was he was just lacking in school and he was not doing uh well in school all the time uh, most of the time he had to switch programs a couple of times so i had the trust i had I had trust of him kind of building something from scratch because yeah. uh you you it's very hard for someone to build something from scratch and become an expert in something mm -hmm. um, because people are always usually all over the place. So he was very organized in business. Yeah, he yeah. was he was really, really uh, professional and everything and gave me that confidence in going ahead and doing a handshake agreement Yeah, because we did not do any type of contract. Yeah. And and maybe that's what actually what's what, what actually killed you know, if we if we fast track uh, before yeah. I, I kind of like diverge into my company, um, that's what killed a little bit the relationship that it mm -hmm. there was nothing set in stone or in a, in a paper. 
and there was a lot of different conflicts and disagreements on, and expectations as well mm. as we evolved and the company grew. Yeah. So um, it was at the beginning it was it was a handshake agreement. It was just like, oh, let's do it. Let's, let me just help you. Let me yeah. let's just do it. Let's just start. Right. And then it was like, oh, uh, for every person that I come in, that I bring, I bring in, I get 50 percent. And he was like, yeah, sure. Fine. Let's do it. All right. Not a problem. And what would I do? Oh, no, you'll have to do sales. You'll have to do lead. You have to do lead gen. You have to do prospecting. And I was like, great, for sure. And uh, for me, I was just all in. I was just like, mm -hmm. whatever it was, I was all in. Uh, but I believe a, a partnership on, that, that starts from the beginning needs to have, apart from a handshake agreement, some sort of written and written type of expectation from each other mm -hmm. and yeah. written type of uh, really, really roles that we will be playing out. Uh, even if it is just a one pager of right. like, this is what you're going to do in the first 90 days. This is what I'm going to do in the first 90 days. After the 90 days, we are going to sit down and see what happens. I think yeah. that's what a partnership would, would have been done. It That's how it would have worked yeah. because yeah. I've learned it from other agencies, other companies that started and scaled through partnerships. I did a partnership that was really just an imaginary partnership in my head. And uh, when the company evolved and everything grew a little bit, uh, things started changing. Like, for example, the way that he, he run the business or that he treated clients was way different than me. Uh, the way that uh, I was being compensated started to started to change because there was actually nothing in writing. But so as I took the experience and I helped, of course, getting some clients in and everything and fulfilling for for this company, I started learning that we had made a mistake uh, of not having something in writing during those 90 days or 120 days that I would mm -hmm. be working for free. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was just commission only and everything. So uh, fortunately enough, now uh, it's it's um, it has evolved where uh, we we came down to be very professional. We're we're OK now with each other. But at, at, at some point we had a disagreement and we're like, OK, we got to part ways. I'm going to I'm going to go do my own thing. But mm -hmm. yeah, because that's usually kind of involvements and whatnot. That's a great point. And you just kind of bring it up, Esteban. Thank you for sharing these challenges and kind of growing like the lesson learned from that, which is making sure that you have at least some sort of agreement and sit down and carved out the roles that you're supposed to fulfill and responsibilities, accountabilities uh, when you get into a partnerships. And as partnership grow, that it's inevitable, like any partnership results into a termination at some point, you know, whether it's uh, death do us apart or uh, whether it's, uh, you know, yeah. maybe an early, early exit on that, uh, which is not necessarily all bad things, which is, yeah. um, you know, that's just the involvement of the business. Um, so that's great. I actually, yeah. I actually really recommend a book that I read recently. I haven't finished it, but the, the name of the book is Rocket Fuel for people that are thinking about partnerships. If the listener here is like thinking, hey, I have this potential partner, even if it's my spouse, it, it, it's Rocket Fuel, which is the book that talks about what an integrator and a visionary does and how each one complements to each other and how a partnership would work best when there is one of each. Uh, leading the team, leading the mm -hmm. whole vision. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, Rocket Fuel by Gene Wickman, right? I believe. Yeah. Um, it's it's basically the founder of the EOS system. That kind of uh, it's another book from them. Uh, great book, love that. Um, and so Esteban, like moving forward from there, so you kind of recover from that setback of um, you know a little bit of uh, partnerships uh, dissolving, etc. Uh, so now, but you kind of welcome your new chapter because you close a chapter, open a new one, and you opened up your Legion company. Now, how is that first, I don't know, like a quarter, 90 days, half a year, a year look like for you? Because like any business, when you first start it, a year is uh, kind of like, I feel like the magic mark where you're going from like make it or not make it, you know, <laughs> how did that all start it? And then uh, who are the people that you put in place? Yeah, absolutely. So because whenever I was doing free work, I built, of course, some sort of attention in the marketplace. I want to call it 
the marketplace, the community, the real estate investing community. Because I started focusing on real estate investors. Mm-hmm. I I actually did some, I, I tried some flip myself, but I started building this type of brand, this type of awareness that I was doing Facebook ads for real estate investors and yeah. Google ads. Um, I started reaching out to people and I focused on a lot, a lot in my, in my own lead gen. Mm-hmm. So I started focusing in um, booking appointments, as many appointments as I can, and closing as many appointments as I can. But I always also valued my brand. So what really my brand or what really people see on me as value in my company and how I portray it to others it was very important for me to build up something, build out something. And this started probably in 2019 on June, where where I started really to push my brand. And I started to to make uh, moves in social media, in Facebook groups, sharing free value, um, actually helping people out in questions that they had, becoming a very go-giver. I was spending time in in between shifts in my work. I was still having a full-time job in, in posting in social media, helping mm-hmm. people on Facebook groups uh, with things regarding lead gen, things regarding Facebook, things mm-hmm. regarding Google ads, even, even automation, all these mm-hmm. kind of things that I, I was just putting out there. And I was just doing the work myself. Um, I, was, I was putting that work I was having that work ethic right after work. I would make sure that I put a set a time of, let's say, at least three, four hours a day after my regular job. And I would set time to 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 actually have full either campaign creation, content creation, lead gen, reaching out to people, answering, answering inquiries and getting to appointments, setting up appointments. This is what I focused at the beginning. And I believe I took a long period of time before I made the best decision I could have done for my business and for myself. And guess what that was? What is it? So the best decision that I actually made in order to kind of like scale up, free up my time and multiply my my efforts was to hire a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. At that time, a virtual assistant, that virtual assistant assistant was a family member that uh, spoke really good English yeah currently works right now she's a she's an operations specialist right now Mm -hmm. and uh, that virtual assistant helped helped me on generating more booked appointments for my own business and so that I can close those book appointments and and have an inflow of leads right for my own agency yeah. And so she started reaching out by uh, standard operating procedures that I have created, yeah. um, a document of things and, and a video also video uh, training that I have created for her where I show her exactly how to reach out to my prospects, how to talk to them on behalf of me and how to set an appointment so that the next day or the day after or the day after that, mm-hmm. we would chat about the opportunity of doing business together. So yeah. making that hire, I took a long time, honestly, and uh, I, I really could have done it faster so that I don't have so much time to put into this. I want to say lead gen is something that you have to delegate to someone uh, yeah. because you really want to focus on more high level stuff. Also, you want to really yeah. focus more um, high level and sales and and your own marketing and things mm-hmm. like that and closing um, deals yeah closing deals right that's that's correct mm-hmm. and um, and i took a long time to do that it took about a year mm-hmm. and i know that i i could have done it in just three months if i had the right guide and um, kind of like the, the right encouragement to do mm-hmm. it because uh, of course you know, at the beginning of your business, you want to keep stuff for yourself. You're you're a greedy machine. You're you're really a, a greedy person because you want to take it. You want to keep the profits. You want to keep uh, all these gains, and you want to keep all the work for yourself. So you're a greedy machine. But what you're doing is you're doing a disservice to yourself and to your growth. All right, to yeah, your potential yeah. mm-hmm. uh, for hiring a virtual assistant, someone yeah. that helps you. Yeah. 
hire hire people in general. Um, in general. Yeah, yeah, which which is amazing because uh, you know when I go to these business coaching sessions, the coach always says like, "Hey, you just need to figure out who you need to hire." But the student always answered the question as like, "But but where do I get the money to pay for this person?" And then the teacher would say, "Well." If you find the right people, you don't worry about the money. <laughs> you come up with some way to do it, right? So um, that's a that's a very good uh, lesson for, from there as well. Um, so you have a Facebook that has over a thousand five hundred people on there. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good size group. Um, yeah, yeah, we're we're now two thousand five hundred. Oh, yeah, nice. 2,500 yeah. probably growing exponentially as, as we go. Um, so do you have some best practices for people when they started their community with Facebook group? It feels like you start hitting a, a wall where, where you like have like maybe 500 leads or if you're lucky, you grow to a thousand. Um, but like what are some of the tips you can share with our viewer in terms of lead gen um, to create a engaging Facebook group so that it continue to grow and grow in terms of the members? That's right. Well, uh, to create an engagement Facebook group, of course, it has to do about the content on offers that you do inside the Facebook group. But to increase the number of people that go inside your Facebook group, it's also going to depend on what you do in your profile and in other Facebook groups that drives engagement and drives people to comment. Let's say, for example, um, uh, would you like to know, uh, would you like to see our five top something of something uh mm -hmm. that is creating good results for us and then yeah. if if you have uh uh if you put this type of things in your own profile mm -hmm. which is not a spammy in other facebook groups uh then you would drive engagement of people that are interested in something then you would invite them to join the Facebook group because that's going to be like exclusive area where they get this type of things. Right. So, yeah. uh, of course, it, you're going to, it's like a YouTube video or a Facebook. You have to have a hook. You have mm -hmm. to have a hook of something and then you have to be able to uh, fulfill or add value or educate or someone uh, for them to take action into going into Facebook group. Yeah. Now, uh, in the Facebook groups, while you're actually have people inside, it's a it's a, of course a different story. Now you have people in there, and you want to keep a moderator or a moderate on the content that you have. Mm. But you have to be able to to have a mindset of I need to post regularly, consistently, right. Right. and I have to have different type of posts where the most posts that um, are going to are going to happen are very short form hopefully with those big letters big fonts with with a colorful background that is going to drive people to comment in a way that drives engagement right mm -hmm. usually facebook doesn't like to have links doesn't like to have pictures mm -hmm. it likes to have just letters and it doesn't like also for people to say um if you do this then and and you will when this if you comment like and share doesn't like that anymore huh. actually facebook can actually used to be yeah uh, yeah it used to be uh facebook can actually read that so what you have to do is you have to be more clever into how are you actually requesting um people to take action all right mm -hmm. all right and as a matter of fact there is people out there that actually generate leads for their real estate investing business mm -hmm. using Facebook groups, which is really uh, amazing because they go to, let's say, a Facebook group that is, um, let's say, buy and buy and sell and trade mm -hmm. locally, and they would put they would put things like, "I'm looking for a fixer upper, uh, no matter no matter the condition, uh, to buy with within the next five to seven days." Um, right. Let me know below. And and when whenever people see this and the Facebook algorithm helps you, and it's going to show it to those people, right? It's mm -hmm. going to show it to those people that are ultimately interested in something like that. So you have to be able to also in your own Facebook group to have things that are ultimately driving the attention of people. Hopefully there is some free value. There hopefully there is if you're if you're if you're for example going to go live. 
about showing what you're going to do an event a product or something you want to make sure that you nurture those people and you have to uh, uh, make sure that you create a compound uh, attention towards mm -hmm. that type of event yeah. by having these type of posts that, gotcha. that that is definitely some good practices yeah and then in terms of if you were running events or a conference as a webinar because now it's a very um, common thing people are running webinar knowledge based not webinar to kind of drive the legion traffic to that for registered user these are usually a little bit more engaged users so what would you say like top tips on like running these campaign leading up to these events like how much ahead do you like need to start marketing for let, let's say a regular thursday night uh you know, webinar that happens once a month. Yeah. So how much ahead? I want to say that you want to start two weeks ahead. And I want to say that you start two weeks ahead, you you do a light, a light type of promotion. Yeah. And then uh, one week in, then you start doing it every day where you are actually giving away or you're adding type of value or asking people uh, if they like to see um, specific topic or that is really interesting for individuals yeah. and then if people are looking to get that type of topic covered and say hey let me know below or things like that with a, even with a hand emoji and for the people that respond and things like that you always want to post the link to the webinar as a comment never post it in the actual post itself because that was mm. going to kill engagement all right sure. so you want to start at least two weeks ahead of the game whenever you have a webinar but of course um if if you start one month earlier that is super healthy as well but having very light promotion about it and having some sort of um I, I, we call it fomo the, this FOMO fear of missing out uh, type right. of posts where we're actually creating some sort of hype about whatever it is that we're going to present one month before, whether you're going to launch a podcast, whether you're going to launch a uh, uh, some sort of uh, webinar event, sale, uh, mm. in-house event or something. Uh, for example, like recently what I did was I posted something uh, that is going to happen in the podcast that I'm going to launch on October 13. Uh, I, I, I actually mentioned the people that are going to be in my podcast and these people are heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. uh, so these heavy hitters in real estate investing, uh, I, I said, I am so pleased that we're going to have uh, this person, this person, this person, I tag them. And then because l people love talking about themselves, people love actually uh, getting into uh, into this like, oh, this is me, 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 me type of criteria. Then right. I asked who uh, we're going to bring this type of million dollar nuggets into our mm -hmm. podcast for real estate investors. Who else would like to participate or like who else do you think it will be it would like to be part of this podcast that will yeah, bring it that's smart this, yeah this million dollar nuggets yeah and, and people not only like talking about themselves but also like tagging other people that yeah. think that they are good at it so it ended up resulting in having a good engagement and things like that and i've done to stop a post in order to just promote uh what i'm trying to bring like in two weeks out or things like that yeah. yeah, that's amazing. These are great ideas. Um, I'm going to steal some of these <laughs> and then <laughs> put myself too. Um, so Esteban, you mentioned about you also invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, you now have a very successful lead gen uh, operation. Uh, you kind of mostly target your audience on like wholesalers and helping wholesalers to finding deals and also flippers and etc. Um, so like, how do you actually ended up being a real estate investor? Yeah, so I ended up being a real estate investor by by really going into this three day event for, for from Fortune Builders and just opening my eyes of what could have what could have happened. And and I remember that two three weeks after I was already taking action into into purchasing our first property to flip, mm. um, and uh, we had two different ideas whether it was to flip this property for, for a profit 
or keep this property. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we we really like the idea of flipping a property and keeping a uh, a profit uh, for our first type of project. Mm-hmm. And I tried to do this in Detroit. So I tried <laughs> to do this the wrong way too. I, I actually, uh, I, I partnered up with two other people that, you know, one of them was a general contractor. The other one was uh, another person from Chrysler yeah, uh, yeah. at the time that we he, he he was very operational so it was great and me mm-hmm. i was just a visionary type of person and but we didn't do our homework we purchased a property from the land bank in detroit so oh. purchasing a property pr- purchasing a property from the land bank and any city for example in detroit it means that you're telling the city that you are purchasing this house or this property that you that you're actually uh, bidding on on an auction because you're going to live in there because the 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 oh. land bank the the county wants wants yeah. you to live there because they're looking to revitalize the neighborhood they're looking to uh bring more residents come to mm. to to live in the city uh there is a lot of push towards people to do that especially in cities like detroit that has a lot of abandoned homes and um and we didn't read the, the fine lines of say, uh, that says, hey, this is not going to work out mm-hmm. for a flip because you couldn't transfer the ownership of the property, the title right. of the property uh, into like three years after you purchase it. So yeah. it was it was not a good investment, even though the property cost only it was in a bidding auction that we, that we did was like about 13K. Yeah. It was only 13k, but of course it needed to be gutted. It needed to be like right. completely fixed. That was our our biggest lessons learned and my biggest lessons learned at the beginning, because I did try to to like get into that real estate real estate investing and flipping at, mm. at that point. But we didn't read the fine line the fine lines there. We lost uh, some money. It was it was about 10 to 20 percent that we we lost mm. on the purchase of the property. But that's I mean that's fine. Yeah, and then I started getting into helping real estate investors and getting into this world, helping cash buyers also find direct to owner um, lead gen and doing lead gen to direct to owner. Mm-hmm. And um, I started investing in properties in Detroit, and I also mm-hmm. started investing recently. For example, started investing in properties in my own country. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Colombia. I'm from South America. Uh, we have, for example, a new condo. Well, it's not new; it's, it's, it's pretty old. But it's a new acquisition that we had. Uh, it's a condo um, that actually it was seller financed. We, mm-hmm. we we used creative financing to acquire the property, and we made sure that we seller financed to the owners of the property. It was like Emily. Uh, well, they recently they re- they recently had a some sort of inherited partially inherited property uh and and then we took over the you know the basically the the property by offering them paying in a specific installments Mm -hmm. and terms for a specific period of time and now we own that property basically it was for free uh but we have to pay them on a monthly basis now um in in uh i think it was i think it's like 15 years that we said and and we don't have any interests whatsoever mm-hmm. so it's zero percent that we negotiate nice yeah and now we're going to rehab it and that one is going to be potentially a rental or airbnb mm, yeah. Nice. yeah yeah so it's good and i and i have some properties right now in detroit uh that we're doing rehabs Actually, we have a project manager there that is managing everything, everything for for me. Basically, mm-hmm. what I do is I am the investor that puts the money in there. I make sure that the I make sure that they have the money and everything, all the resources that they need. And the and the project manager uh, is that is the one that is taking care of the general contractors and you know leads the team, the subcontractors, all this kind of stuff. And uh, once the project is done, once the rehab is done and we sell yeah. it, we cash out. And that's what we're doing right now. 
Nice, nice. That's awesome. So it's kind of really play in the lead gen into a parallel business, which generates some leads for you, but also、uh, helping you connecting with other real estate investors、uh, yeah. to do bigger, bigger, better、Absolutely. things. Yeah. Yeah. So Esteban, where do you see yourself in five years? Where like whatever the midterm is for you, you know, where、oh、where are you th- thinking about taking this thing to? You、yeah. know what? Five years is, I think, a long time for an entrepreneur、mm. because so much can be done in one year. Trust me, like、right. so much. So I, I think I see myself in five years by retiring my parents. That's、mm-hmm. that has to be done. I, I would retire my parents. I'll make sure that they live a nice life, and they have. I have this very.、Uh, this is not the selfish goal. This is a selfless goal that I have. I want、mm-hmm. to retire my parents. I want to have the the most amount of family members working with me in my company or the companies that I create,、mm-hmm. so that they're part of this success journey that I want to create. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Now, in order to retire my parents in Colombia, it doesn't take the same amount of money to retire my parents here in the U.S. Right.、So、that's a good point.、Yeah. I want to have I want to have a an office of whatever business that I have. In South America, I live right now in the U.S. I've been in the U.S. for already three years and a half. I love the U.S. I'm gonna stay in the U.S. I am an American resident and everything,、uh, but I want to have an office in South America so that I can profit well. Okay, have a good、yeah. team, a very,、yeah. a very, a very good team. I don't know how large it's gonna get, but I want to have a sort of. Just headquarters down there in Medellin, Colombia,、mm-hmm. and、uh, of course, I I would like to com- accomplish the goal that I have for 2022 of、mm-hmm. serving at least 2,000 real estate investors.、That's、All right,、yeah. I want to serve at least 2,000 real estate investors. I don't know how. I know I'm gonna do it.、Um, I believe there's so many things that I can offer and that I can actually add value to real estate、mm-hmm. investors that. I think it's something doable. Yeah, and I want to have also、uh, at least I want to say fifteen、uh, to twenty-five units in multifamily.、Nice. Uh, that's that's one of my goals.、Uh, multifamily.、Um, I want. I see myself owning even an entire apartment complex. I、mm-hmm. I, I see myself doing that.、It、doesn't matter where, as long as it gets a good deal, cash flows real well. I I want to have that. That's awesome. These are、uh, really clear goals, which is、uh, amazing to kind of hear because you need to know where your ship is kind of sailing to、uh, before you kind of adjust it and、uh, getting it to there.、Um, that's that's amazing.、Um, and uh, so, um, what are the things that you are kind of giving back? You kind of talked of a little bit about helping your parents retire. Uh, the communities, etc. So, in the long-term perspective, do you see、um, things that you're kind of giving back,、um, you know, to help the communities where you come from,、um, and etc. Like over there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I know the importance of giving back because it has it has allowed me to create this really good ball of energy that, at the end of the day, helps me grow internally. Uh, spiritually and also helps my my business as well. So I like to I like to make sure I find I find either an association or I find some project where I help、uh, people that are trying to just get out there educated, even just to have education, even just to have the willpower of knowing that there is just so much more there.、Um, In in whatever stage that you are, and hopefully it focuses on very low income, very、uh, low mindset type of cultures or、uh, families or type of、uh, or even countries、uh, mm-hmm. that can take really good steps towards、uh, owning a business the proper way, entrepreneurship, and even real estate. I want to have this type of give back in my lifetime and create that type of legacy.、Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I want to do. But in the meantime, I want to give back to real estate investors with the knowledge that I've had. So, for、mm-hmm. example, this podcast that I'm creating right here,、mm-hmm. I want to. It really gives me the opportunity to give back my lessons as、mm-hmm. a business owner, 
growing my agency in the last uh, one year and a half uh, where I went full time or something like that from zero to 100, which is because it's literally that our agency, our agency this month literally hit 100. Nice. So we thank you. So be able I want to be able to uh, somehow uh, become of an influence uh, for other people that are just struggling, right? Mm. And that's something that uh, I really find fulfillment on. And that's that's uh, one of the things that I like. Yeah, that's awesome. So Espan, how does people find you and the Hessel Media? <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you want to uh, find me on Instagram, my personal uh, Instagram is, is called Estenic. So E-S-T-E-N-I-C-K. So at Estenic. You're going to find me there. Uh, you're going to see me in Instagram, social media, uh, as well as Facebook. Um, Facebook, you're going to be able to join our group of REI Marketing and Conversion Mastery that we have created. It's a free group. Just join in right there. Uh, we usually put very valuable posts. We're going to also put podcasts with other real estate, inv- real estate investors that are doing million dollars uh, a year or more that mm-hmm. found their way into real estate investing. So we have a podcast there too, as well. Uh, and uh, we actually have exclusive content of the podcast being put there before the podcast is launched. So you're going to be having first tips. And at the same time, if you want to go to our website, hesselmedia.com h-e-s-e-l media.com you can also book an appointment with us and my team and i'll be happy to talk to you about whether you want to do inbound lead generation ppc google ads facebook ads for your real estate investing business that it's active or whether that's passive doesn't matter but mostly active and see how we can help Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome, Esteban. Thank you so much for sharing that resources and also your really candid, uh, you know, life stories and learning from there. Um, it's uh, it's amazing to like uh, interview today. Yeah. Thank you, Elisa. It was uh, so fun and uh, so great to meet you. I hope that at some point we can network and mastermind in person. Yeah. That would yeah. be great. That would be awesome when I'll, <laughs> um, <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much uh, for our listeners. This kind of wraps up another episode of 10,000 Words to Financial Independence. Definitely check out Esteban's resources down below uh, on the screen. We're going to put that on the YouTube and post it, the resources. Um, and then check out his uh, media uh, lead gen agency uh, that could help you to kind of get to the number of the leads that you needed to get your job done. All right. Thank you. This wraps up another episode. Bye.